All right, 406. Good morning, everyone. How we doing? How we doing, Jet fans? How we doing, Met fans? Everyone happy? Jet fans have a reason to be a lot more pissed off than Met fans. You guys need to relax. But Jet fans had an opportunity last night to really take advantage of a team coming in that played well the week before against Chicago, but ultimately this defense is not any good. And you knew with your defense you could limit what they do, and you did. And ultimately, the Chargers didn't do much in this game, barely threw for any yardage. Barely, you know, Herbert didn't have a game. They didn't really do much. But your offense, yet again, is dreadful. Your special teams was not as on point as it typically is. You allow a touchdown early on and a kick return, and it just away from there. It just is the quarterback does absolutely nothing. You continue to shoot yourself in the foot, penalty after penalty in big spot. You you know you 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 get you just get down to the goal line, boom, uh, you know, a penalty for uh, a bad formation, a legal procedure penalty. Excuse me. Then you get a you get a bad block in the back. You get a Lazard with a bad hold. Like just just it never ended. Every time something good happened, you take a terrible sack, which was for me a big story in the game. They had eight sacks in the game. A lot of them are Zach Wilson holding onto the ball too freaking long. He misses pass that he's he's got Wilson across the middle. He's got Wilson on the sidelines. He's missing guys left and right. And this team and this offense continue to be atrocious and drag the team down. The defense can only do so much. You got Sauce Gardner in the postgame talking about the defense needs to score. He's right. The defense needs to score if they're going to win games. You certainly need to win the turnover battle, and you can't fumble three times. Garrett Wilson fumbles early on in this game, and then Zach Wilson fumbles twice. He just cannot feel the pressure at all. It's just a miserable, miserable offense. And this quarterback is just dragging them down week after week. The Jets have got to be willing to at least have someone on the roster, which I don't think there's any more options, really. It's Boyle. It's maybe Simeon. Someone needs to come up and be willing to put them in the game to spark things if Zach Wilson continues to play like this. It is just absolutely atrocious. He takes terrible sacks. He misses throws. He does nothing for this team. He has And even as his athleticism, he's got wide open space to his left. He can, he can run for 15, 20 yards, get a first down. Instead, he throws a shuffle pass to, the, to, to Hall, who's got a linebacker all over him. Like Just none of it is good. He's not instinctual. He doesn't go through the progressions. He is just awful. And the offensive line was no better. I'll give you that. Billy Turner, particularly a right tackle, was awful in this game. Bosa had his way. Khalil Mack had his way. But that's the only thing that defense does well and still unable to move the football, unable to make big plays down the field. This defense gives up a ton of yardage, second most in the NFL. There's, they're the bottom of the league in explosive plays given up. You can get down the field against this Chargers team, and the Jets are incapable. And now, having this being as such an important game for their playoff standings, they are now back to 500-4-4, four and four, traveling to Vegas next week for now what is deemed the most important game of the season before you head into back-to-back games against Buffalo and Miami. You cannot go into those two games 4-5. and five. Hackett has all week. This Jets team has a week to figure out how to get some freaking offense going so that they compete in this game against uh, a Raiders team that clearly showed you last week is rejuvenated by the firing of their head coach. 
Antonio Pierce stepped in and led that team to its most inspiring victory, yes, against the lousy New York Giants, who are even worse offensively than the Jets are, especially now that Daniel Jones does have an ACL tear and won't be back for the rest of his season and has now officially ended his Giant career and will no longer ever take a snap as the future of the New York Giants. But that team is now buoyed by a victory, buoyed by the firing of their general manager, their offensive coordinator, and namely their head coach. And obviously the stories came out of there of what an ass he is. So that team is ready to play. That team thinks they've miraculously turned their season around. That team thinks they're going to go make a story, one for the NFL books. One of these great stories with a rookie quarterback and firing the manager, uh, head coach, too much baseball manager talk. Firing the head coach and somehow rallying the troops and beating the Giants and beating the Jets and stepping over New York on their way back to the postseason for the first time in forever. That's what the Raiders think. The Jets have to figure out a way to put that to bed. They've got to come out better in these games. First five possessions of this Jet game. First five possessions for the New York Jets. A three and out that led to a punt return for a touchdown. They follow that up with a fumble. The defense gets a three and out after that fumble, so it doesn't hurt you. The next possession, they follow that up with another fumble, and then they go three and out, three and out. Five possessions, three three and outs, and two fumbles. That is not winning football, and that's not exactly breaking news. I'm really not going deep into my analytical hat to to break that one out. The first five possessions, three three and outs, and two fumbles, it's not going to win you football games. And I understand they have a template of winning football games, running the ball, playing defense, being great on special teams. They need to do all of that pitch perfect. Oh, and win the turnover battle. Because if they don't do every single one of those things, they won't beat the Raiders. They won't beat the Texans. They won't beat the Browns. They won't beat anyone left on their schedule because their offense is unable to overcome any of those things not being pitch perfect. And that speaks volumes about their chances. And you thought maybe they were turning into something different, but the last two weeks offensively have just been atrocious. Just absolutely atrocious. And that one drive against Kansas City where he made back shoulder throws and showed he can do it and led the team down the field, and then they beat the Eagles, all that is 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 far in the rear view considering the fact that they snuck past the Giants with a putrid offensive performance and followed up with a drubbing by the Chargers 27-6. to So it's time to figure something out. This Jets offense needs to come up with something because Zach Wilson throwing the ball 49 times means you lose. That's a stat line right there that you look at and go, Zach Wilson threw the ball 49 times, the Jets must have lost by 20. Yep. Oh, uh, Brees Hall, you know, 50 yards rushing on 15 attempts. They they must have lost that game. Yep. Oh, they lost the turnover battle. They must have lost that game. Yep. They need to figure out something, and they need to figure out something quick because they can't lose this Raider game. Can't lose it. And they need to be willing, and here's the thing that they haven't been so far, and I think it's something now where it is just time. I'm not saying they have to start Boyle. I'm not saying they have to start Simeon. But if they get to a point in the game where the offense is doing nothing, and whether it's whether it's um, Zach Wilson's fault, whether the offensive line's terrible, whatever the case, if they find themselves down 10, 14, nothing heading into halftime, they have to be willing 
to try and spark the team with a quarterback change. They have to. I don't know what it will bring, but I know what Dana, I know what Dana, I know what Zach Wilson will do. He will continue to lose that football game for you. That I assure you. So it's time to change things up. That's the main story of the day. We also got the Mets manager. We have five hours tomorrow to get into all this as well. I'm not going anywhere except Las Vegas on uh, Friday, but I'll be with you here until Thursday, and we got five hours tomorrow to get into all of it. Taking your phone calls now, 877-337-6666. Like I said, Mendoza, the former Yankee bench coach, now the manager of the New York Mets. No, I didn't misspeak. That's not Craig Council. It is um, Mendoza of the New York Yankees, Carlos Mendoza. Mendy, as we call him, those of us who know him. And I know he's a Yankee, and I know he's been sitting at the, the armchair of Aaron Boone, but give it a give it a chance. It might just work. It might just please you. You got to trust your guy, right? Stearns is your guy. You got to go trust him. 877-337-6666. Bob in the truck is on the fan. What's up, Bob? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing I good, Bob. To, yeah, I just wanted to say back in 1973, Mike Kekich ah. and Fritz Peterson. Fritz Peterson, right. Yeah. It wasn't just their wives. They also exchanged their children and their dogs, which was crazy. What I do was you 12 mean? years old. It blew my okay, mind. Okay, all right. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. All right. So I, for those of you who don't know, I was talking earlier. I remember a story, and now the, I don't remember the other name, Mike uh, Gitchik, uh, but I do remember Fritz Thank Peterson. You. Getchik. Um, yeah. So I was talking I about Yankees that swapped wives. So you're, and all yeah, yeah. All right. So you're yeah. saying that not only, what do you mean they swap children? Like they when, when you, their when whole you, entire, their whole entire families, they and 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 they really did. It wasn't a publicity stunt. No, they I, actually were bored with their lives. Yeah. And I guess the whole mentality of trading through the family. So I mean, I don't know. It well, was I mean, kind but, of very, very uh, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, yeah. When it's still the children, like when you get married to another person, you still. Have the same right? Like, what you they, dis, they, love dis, and, they disown the other kids like they no longer. Yeah, but like and even the dog, I can't even imagine trading my. <laughs> well, I, I'd be more upset about trading my dog than my wife. Yeah, but it's yeah, I, I hear you, but it's. <laughs> but it's not just it's the dog and the kids stay with the the wife, and then just the new husband goes into the new house. But it's not like it's not like the other. Like Fritz Peterson was raising kids up until six, seven years old or whatever, and then suddenly said, bye, you're, you you belong to a new daddy? Like, no way. The kids and the dog stayed in the one house, and the husband swapped, went into, lived in a different house, sure, but I'm sure they still saw their kids. And they took on the other kids as if it's now a stepdad or whatever, but, like, no way they just, like, said, hey, one of us is moving to Seattle, one of us is moving, well, I, got, I, got, I got traded to the Giants, and I'm moving in San Francisco, and I'm still a Yankee, and we're just going to pretend like we don't know each other, and this is my new family. Like, that's no way. No way. But like anything else, the kids and the dog have to stay somewhere, and they stay at one house. The, the family swap, right? I don't know. But I did see that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were going to make a movie, but I, I guess that's not happening because all the stories I see. I see one story from 2011. I see one story from 2015 about the possibility of making a movie. Oh, and now I see one from 2017, but I don't see anything relatively new, and I haven't heard anything about it. But I guess that'd be an interesting movie. 
swapping wives, dogs, and families. That's bizarre. I was reading some of it. Um, one wife was like infatuated with the other wife at the start and was asking how many times they make whoopee to, to um, you know, quote uh, the newlywed game, a very popular uh, term on the newlywed game. Where's the most uncomfortable place you ever made whoopee? You don't want to, I can't say the answer to that on the air. That's one of the great game show um, mistakes or, or great answers you've ever heard in your life. Where's the most unusual place you've ever made whoopee? The answer is tremendous. Go look it up. The other one I played on, I played uh, the Jeopardy one the other day. It's my favorite by far. You know, in Jeopardy, where they, um, Alec Trebek would approach the contestants after the first round and get a little bit of their life story of what they're doing. Oh, so you're a piano instructor, like whatever. And they talk about whatever's going on. So this one, he, he approaches this woman. He goes, hi, uh, so apparently you love snow. And she's like, yeah, I really love snow. He's like, and apparently you just got married and when you were, you were hoping for a, a, a white wedding. And she goes, yeah, we were. I was really trying hard for it. But unfortunately, um, you know, we didn't get any snow during the wedding, but I did get seven inches on my honeymoon. Good heavens. Tremendous. She's like, yeah, we went to Colorado. I got seven inches. <laughs> but she worded it just like I said. But no no on the wedding, but we, I did get seven inches on my honeymoon. <laughs> Must have gone to like Aspen uh, or something. That's, then she goes, yeah, we went to Colorado. And, and Trebek is just staring at her. Like he doesn't know what Seven inches say. in Aspen, huh? And I'll always wonder if it, that's just a happy coincidence or she had that joke planned. I'll, I'll never know because she said it so perfectly that I, I just, it's, it's too good to not actually be a joke. Stuart in Brooklyn, what's up, Stu Pot? Hey, you know what we say about New York sports? Don't bother. <laughs> Don't bother. And, uh, <laughs> what's the other song by the, from uh, Beatles 65? There are, I'm a loser. Yeah. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. So what the heck is wrong with the Jets? Man? Oh my God! Defense so plays, much. The defense plays up to snuff every week. Every week. And, the, and, the, and Zach Wilson can he even figure no. out how to get out of his own way? No, he cannot. He cannot figure out how to get out of the pocket. He cannot figure out how to avoid the rush. He cannot figure out when the rush is coming. He's just he, he's just he's not a good quarterback. Yeah, he's not a good quarterback. I mean. He's, 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 is he better than some of the stuff we saw last year, Stu? He is. Is he a little bit better than the game earlier this year against New England where he just looked like he was afraid to throw the ball? Yes, he is. Does he have moments where he steps into a throw and rips a bullet right down, you know, right up the scene? Yeah, there are moments. There yeah, are moments. But for the most part, and even though the offensive line didn't play well, and again, this is not one of those games for me, and to be fair, I, I've seen enough, and it's the culminative thing of it where I'm just tired of watching the quarterback, and he certainly didn't He certainly didn't help them, and he's terrible. But, like, when you watch the game last night, I do have to be fair, Stu, and thank you for the call. I'm going to try and get through a bunch. I apologize for the short hook there. Um, I, when I did watch the game, it's not like the takeaway from the game necessarily is, oh, my God, the quarterback is the reason they lost. Like, the offensive line did not play well. The play calling is pretty pathetic, but it's not like the only reason. And the special teams touchdowns a killer and the defense, while not giving up a lot of yards and not giving up a lot of points, did allow them to, you know, run the clock out. They got some third downs, but that's really minimal. I mean, that's that's just average defense stuff. I mean, that's just what do you expect? 
uh, you know, not allow any yards either. Like, it's still a competent offense with a great quarterback, a good running back, and a, uh, a very talented wide receiver who, who eclipsed 10,000 yards uh, for his career yesterday. So, like, they're going to give up some yardage. But ultimately, this offense is just brutal. And it's the play calling, it's the offensive line, it's the really no other weapons besides Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. I mean, they they play offense as if maybe, maybe Brees Hall will break one. Like, let's just not turn the ball over, try and get the ball in the hands of uh, Garrett Wilson, try and get the ball in the hands of Hall, and hopefully one of those two guys just break one. It's not it's not going to cut it. 877-337-6666. More of your phone calls on anything you want. Wife swapping, favorite movies, how many inches on your honeymoon, anything. It's all up for grabs. As we get to 5 o'clock in the warm-up show, 877-337-6666. Where's the most uncomfortable place you ever made Whoopi? And since I haven't mentioned it yet, <laughs> is that me? <laughs> is that today? No, this is from a couple of huh. months ago, maybe. When I was trying to do this song? That's right. Yeah, it doesn't sound... I know that, you know, because obviously the rejoins... Uh, Recycled at this point is a obvious term, but um, yeah, I don't remember that. It doesn't sound very good. I feel like I could do a better job. I got to make sure I, I I hit that note better the next time that song rejoins. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Yeah, I guess I could see that. All right, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I haven't mentioned it yet, but since this is the Yankee hot stove half half hour or so. Um, the general manager, at least we're all assuming, still the general manager, Brian Cashman, will speak to the media, as will Hal Steinbrenner. We will finally hear from the Yankee front office on their thoughts on the season, how they feel they're going to attack the offseason. I don't know. I don't know what kind of questions they're going to be asked. But it's going to be nice to finally hear from them. I'm suppose I suppose as these general meetings, uh, general manager meetings begin, they'll be asked about Juan Soto. They'll be asked about impending free agency. They'll be asked, I think, probably more on maybe the audit that's supposed to have started. I don't even know they they announced the company that it's supposed to be last week. Haven't heard when it's going to begin, when it's going to end, what it's going to entail, what decisions will be coming from it. Are there going to be? Decisions made on the staff are certain people losing their jobs. We know it's probably not the manager or the general manager, and we know they need to hire a new hitting coach, but um, Mike Fishman and different people like that inside the analytic department, are they in trouble for losing? Are they in question for losing their jobs? All these questions that need to be answered before you even get into the business of building next year's team. So finally we get to hear from them. We'll see what kind of nonsense we get out of them and see if it makes us feel any better. Here's a spoiler. It won't. Go out and trade for Juan Soto, will you? Go get Yamamoto, Juan Soto, and Bellinger, and then I'll consider liking the team again. Right, Yankee fans? You tell them. We hate your guts. Go get every single player, all the best players available, bring them here, and then maybe, just maybe, if all that works out and wins a World Series title, maybe, just maybe, I'll smile again as a Yankee fan. You tell them. 877-337-6666. But let's get to your phone calls right here on the fan. Eric and Ron Conkoma. What's up, Eric? Hey, C-Mac. How you doing this What's up, buddy? How are you? uh, If I I could touch on the mention just real quick, but I got to say, touching on a couple of classics there, 
Kramer vs. Kramer, awesome movie. <laughs> yeah. And the theme song <laughs> from Greatest American Hero. I mean, yes. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to you. So, I'm, I, I'm, um, also, I'm eclectic. I, I'm, I'm multi-generational, as Joe Beningo would say. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, you mentioned your buddy uh, sending you that text about uh, the Zach Wilson stats there. You know, the, the other per- the person they should have compared him to is Jamarcus Russell, who's very comparable, and and it's really more along the lines of him mm-hmm. than uh, Troy Aikman. I mean, you know, I mean, dude, I, Troy Aikman's situation was just different. Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman was with a, a horrendous team that early on <laughs> Dallas Cowboys team. Like, you know, it's it's not the same thing. It's not well, worth but, mentioning. Right, but, but but I mean, but you know, like I said to Fleece the other day, you know, I just just did the same topic came up about the the defending of these, you know, some of these players. I mean, what, what, you know, it's almost as if you're insulting a member of their family. I, I know. The, the, you know I, when, when somebody comes out and, they, oh, how, how dare you say anything negative about the player? What have they shown you? Nothing. And they don't in, have answers. And, and if mean, you ask it, them that question, they will tell you they've shown me nothing. But what I've seen is right. other parts of the team be bad, too. That's their only answer. It's their okay. only defense. They, what well, about the offensive line? What about this? What about the secondary receivers? What about this? That's all is, they have. Which is fair, right. but it doesn't answer yeah, every right. question, and it doesn't excuse right. terrible quarterback yeah. play. So, I mean, it just, it, it's, yeah, I mean, look, you know, I tried to get through the afternoon show yesterday because Evan was just, I mean, you know, he, he was so he was so on top on nine, cloud nine saying that, uh, you know, he felt that there was, uh, uh, I don't know if you heard any of it. I mean, he was so confident. I heard a little bit of it, but win. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I've heard Evan yeah. before. This is the same well, Evan right. who yeah, had so the, tried to get through, they, get through. The Jets right. were going to um, the Jets were going to take the Patriots' soul last year after the bye. It right, ended up being right, a disaster. Right. And so the I, benching I, I of Zach Wilson. A couple of guys, I texted a couple of guys. I said, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm like, you know, I hate to say it. I'm mean, like, I see, I see them getting blown out. I said, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't. And sure enough, I mean, you know, for whatever the for whatever you knew, whatever you meant knew that Eric. happened, you know, you know. Um, okay, so look, but I mean, the, that aside, the the only guarantee, you know, with the Jets is that there is no guarantee of anything. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing you can look at it. I mean, they've they've won ugly so much already. You can't go into a game <clears throat> and say that they're going to win. There's no going to uh, until the game is over. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I hear you. They are not good. They are not good enough to walk into any game and feel confident enough to win. You're right. Even the, the Raiders right. this week in Vegas can't feel that confident in. Um, you know, none, I mean, the Texans at home, right? Who else? They have the Texans at home. They have Cleveland on the road. They have the Falcons at home. Those are winnable games, but you're right. The Jets can no longer walk into a game and you feel confident as a Jet fan that they are going to win this game or that they are the better football team. Right. Now, just real quick on the Mets. Look, now, I mean, again, the thing with Castle, whatever, uh, but I am not as down on the whole thing. Now, I, I'm not going to I'm not gonna go along your lines of thinking of saying, oh, you know, he sat next to the best manager in baseball. But uh, I'm, I'm having. But fun. I mean, but here's I'm, the, I'm having. Yeah, fun. No, I know. I know you're being facetious, but yes. But uh, uh, but at the same time, though, I mean, there are people saying, "Oh, another guy with no experience." I don't agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you're sitting on the bench for three years. Okay, you have some. He's also managed in the minor leagues. And it's not major league on. manager yeah. experience, but he's right. he's managed in the main. So he's he has led a team. Right. He has been a manager, and now he sat next yeah. to in the same city under the same scrutiny. And thank you for uh, the call, Eric. 
under the scrutiny of uh, understanding what Aaron Boone has to go to f- go through as far as uh, responsibilities to the media, the responsibilities to a rabid fan base, um, dealing with losing, dealing with non uh, with unsuccessful uh, stuff, you know, dealing with you know aging players, dealing with superstar players, dealing with um, superstar players not playing well, dealing with uh, injuries, like dealing with all the stuff that comes with a baseball team. And in New York, he has got a first row seat to. Doesn't make him good. Doesn't make him bad. We're going to find out. But it's something. It's it's definitely some level of experience, and particular to this city, which I do think is something. Uh, I think he's a, a good candidate. He uh, he doesn't have any managerial experience at the major league level necessarily, other than the handful of times over the last three years where Boone has been thrown out. But that's not you know really managing. But the point being. Not only did the Mets think highly of him, the Cleveland uh, Guardians thought highly of him, the San Diego Padres thought highly of him. He is someone who is getting the 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 rounds inside baseball. We'll see what he is. But it's someone, namely, this is what they hired. They hired someone they believe that they can work with, plain and simple. That's what this is. They had they 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 had these meetings, they had these interviews, and David Stearns wanted someone he believes. Knows baseball, been around baseball, sure, obviously true, but also someone he believes thinks similarly, believes in some common core principles, and someone he believes he can work with. That's it. That's what this hiring is about. It it could have been anybody. It happened to be Mendoza. That's it. Sal and Madawan. What's up, Sal? Sal. Hey, Chris. How you doing, buddy? What's up, Sally? What we got? Listen to me. I'm I'm oh, the Jersey listen. version of I'm the Jersey version of Eric from Oconquo. I deliver newspapers in the morning and I go to the post office. My job in Madawani. Okay. I can throw papers out the window driving a hundred feet and hit a porch with accuracy <laughs> more than than he can throwing a pass. I'm telling you. Uh, Salad paper boy. I get it. I get it. I understand. Yeah. I understand, man. I, I understand. <laughs> He's 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 frustrating to watch. Bo- both these quarterbacks and both these offenses are frustrating to watch. There's no doubt. About I sat it. down. I sat down last night. You know, Buffalo loses, Miami loses, golden yep. opportunity. I get up at two thirty in the morning. I said, you know what? The hell with it. I'm going to stay up and, and, and stay with this game. I was in bed by the beginning of the second quarter. I mean, I had I had no no hope for anything. They how could you not be that prepared? to play a game when you know two people, the two teams in front of you lost, giving you a golden opportunity. They look like they never played together yeah. as a team. It, it's, well, it's the whole organization. They just, I don't know what to do with this, where to go. I have my son and my daughter-in-law gave me and my wife our first grandchild, a boy. Oh, and congratulations. A boy, and a masculine boy, as I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, in August, I... I started buying him jet stuff. He's got a little jet cap. He's got jet jersey. He's got. You feel, are you, are you so feeling happy. guilty already? I'm feeling guilty. Yeah. That's jet. I'm feeling guilty for this kid. I, I don't know what to do with him. <laughs> I, 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 I hear you, Sal. <laughs> I, I, my only, uh, the only consolation I can afford you is that giving him giant stuff is almost as bad right now. I mean, there's, there's, uh, unless you want to give him Kansas City. I, I don't know what, you know, it's just right now it's tough. It's tough. And and honestly, that's why, you know, I joke about the Yankees and stuff, but that's why I give them the benefit of the doubt because I've never felt that way about giving, you know, trying to turn people into Yankee fans. Like, 
It's it, it's the only team. But yeah, right now it's tough. And you're right, the offense was particularly bad. The play calling, everything. He the first, you know, it's funny. Both games, like both games, mirrored this, and they both went the same way in just blowouts and disastrous uh, performances. But the first play of the Giant game, Daniel Jones sailed one eight feet over Saquon Barkley's head. That would have been an an easy seven-yard completion. Just sailed it over his head. And the first play of this game, Zach Wilson has an out route. That's an easy completion for five, six yards. And he just airmails the thing. And Troy Aikman's even like, that's an easy throw. You can't miss. And it just felt like, what is going on? What is going on with these two teams and these two offenses? Nathaniel Hackett has done nothing to help him. I know they 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 actually did instill some of the up tempo stuff. They were doing it all game. Like I saw a bunch of tweets. This is what after the 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 first drive of the second half where they got some momentum before you know taking a penalty or two sacks, whichever one that was where they got inside. I think that was the one where they took two sacks and had to end up kicking a field goal after being second short uh, right at the goal right at the in the red zone. Two bad sacks, boom, kicking field goals, but. Like they were running that, and that wasn't just that drive. They played, they played up tempo. Zach was much more at the line of scrimmage, audibling the ball. I mean, remember they were, he was yelling all kinds of nonsense. I thought like one of them was cheese in my belly or something like that. He was like rubbing his stomach, cheese in my belly, cheese in my belly. He was like yelling all kinds. Of, he was audibling and playing at the line of scrimmage much more than he has. They were playing that up-tempo game. They were playing non, no huddle. They were trying to push the ball. There is no cure for what, what ills Zach Wilson. There is no cure. He's not good. That's it. Oh, he needs to run up-tempo. Okay, let's try that. Nope. Now the new one I'm seeing a lot is he needs to get out of the pocket. Roll him outside the pocket. You can do that, and it might work, and you can do that f- somewhat frequently, I suppose, but – it, it's the NFL. You can't consistently eliminate half the field. Like you just can't, and especially with the offensive line, you're mass, uh, you're uh, you know max protecting. How many? Like you, it's not just you're max protecting. You're you're running maybe two wide receivers out into pattern, and now you're going to cut off half the field. Like that offense doesn't work either. It might work for a play or two, and yeah, he might look more comfortable doing that. But ultimately, like. It doesn't work all the time. He's he's not a pack. He's not a pocket quarterback. Then he's not a quarterback. Plain and simple. You need to be a pocket passer. You need to be a pocket passer. You can have other elements of your game. Hell, you can have other elements of your game be your strongest suit. That's fine. But on some level, you have to be a pocket passer. Look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has focused on that and worked on that and has become much more of a pocket passer, and they look like they're about to take off. Offensively, defensively, the Ravens look like they're about to take off. And he's become much more of a pocket passer throwing the football. You can roll him out. You can do different things. That will not solve all of your offensive problems. Will it get you an extra player or two? Is that enough with this defense? Sure. I'm open to the idea of doing more of that stuff, but it is not going to fix the problem. It can better bandage it. It can it can better package it to make it look nicer, but it's still crap in the box. 877-337-6666. All right, you know what time it is. It's rapid fire. 
We will come back and get through as many phone calls as we can as we get you to 5 o'clock here on this miserable Tuesday morning. It was followed by miserable, it's followed by miserable Monday morning and it is preceding miserable Wednesday morning. But then Thursday I get on a plane, so I'm feeling better about Thursday. But this whole Monday through Wednesday crap, no bueno. 877-337-6666. Cheese in my belly! All right, you got me for eight more minutes. Let's go, 877-337-6666. CeeLo and Al coming your way with the warm-up show. CeeLo's a hard-working man. He's, I'm watching him on SNY. He comes strolling into the newsroom. He's taking a nap in the chair. He's going straight to serious after this. Look at this guy. I work three hours and go home and snooze. I'm going to, uh, for right now at least, hopefully that'll change. I got to go uh, stack some wood. I got a wood delivery. So I got to go stack some wood. It's getting cold out there. I want to burn wood. And now that I'm home a lot during the afternoon, I'm going to be able to burn wood all day. A lot more burning of the wood. Because my wife's a little uncomfortable when I was doing the afternoons and I was gone all day with the kids at home. She's doing a million things. She doesn't really have time to go and fix the fire. The kids are fascinated with it. She's got to keep them away. Like So it's, it's a pain in the butt. But now that I'm home... You know, stack the wood, stack the uh, wood burning stove right before I leave. I come home, refill it for the day, and you know, maybe wake up once in the middle of the day, refill it. So hopefully, I'll be able to save on the um, the propane cost by burning some wood. So I got to go stack it. Kids are off from school today, so I don't know if I'm getting any sleep. Just you know, it's how it goes. That's the thing about the schedule. I'm getting better with the sleep. The thing is, things sometimes just need to be done at noon. 2 o'clock in the afternoon, like, got to take the kid here. He's got to go do this. We need to go pick up that. Something needs to happen. Like, things just need to happen, and I'm home, so I have to do them. Nothing ever needs to happen when normal people sleep at 2 o'clock in the morning. Like, no one's ever like, oh, man, we got that thing we got to do at 3.30 a.m. Like, never. We just sleep through 3.30 a.m. You never have to go, oh, yeah, you know, I'm meeting. Uh, I have that doctor's appointment. Oh, the yeah, the, the, the optometrist. You can only do 3.30 in the morning. No, that never happens. But it happens at 2.30 in the afternoon, and, and now I got to go do it. I can't sleep. Kids are off from school. All right, enough crying. Maury and Belmore, what's up, Maury? Yeah, we have a board meeting every morning at 4.30 on the construction site, 4.30 a.m. 4.30 a.m. That's it. We sit down, we talk about the day, we light, we light a cigar, and we yell at each other. Sounds fun. It already ended at 4.53, huh? Come on, take your time with that uh, board meeting. We're on break already. It's on break, I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so real quick. Uh, yeah. Did you, while, while you run errands for the kids today, can you pick up a couple of quarterbacks? I wish I could. I wish I could. The Giants are going to try and pick one up in the draft, that's for sure. Yeah. And then last but not least, listen, whoever your coach is, Mets, Yankees, wherever they come from, it doesn't matter. When they get... In the dugout, and the season starts is when you start to yell and scream, good or bad. Right. Just take it easy, everyone. Let's the Yankees, let's hear what Cashman has to say, how bad last year was. I mean, I thought they were on an island because I haven't heard from them in years. But let's see how it goes. But listen, keep up the good work. Safe travel to Vegas, and let's go. Put some money down on the Ravens, Leah. I think they're going to win it all. Uh, not a bad idea, but I'm, I mean, you know, uh, more the days of needing to go to Vegas to put money on the Ravens, unfortunately, are, are long gone. I can do it from my toilet. I can do it uh, while hiding from the children. That probably should be a very that should be a go to 
Uh, Daddy, what are you still doing on the potty? Because I, I'm cheese con- in my belly. It's not cheese in my belly. Um, what are you doing on the potty? I'm going through the lines and making bets for the week. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from bet sports betting this week because I'm gonna probably go gamble otherwise. And there's too much gambling, too much. Try and limit it. If I'm gonna go to a casino, I'll try not to sports bet. Uh, I had wings last night. <laughs> Mike and New Rochelle, you like these little clips, huh? Okay, Mike and New Rochelle, what's up, Mike? I like to take wife swapping for five hundred for back. But that was, that was the done. best. Yeah, no, Anytime I, yeah. you bring up Jeopardy, man, that's yeah. all I think the about. Celebrity is, Jeopardy, Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my very, god, very funny. Oh. But um, yeah, my hip is killing me because you know, like like yourself, I work nights and then. I was getting these notifications at like one o'clock, two o'clock, and I'm like, I thought somebody died or something. So I'm checking my phone and I'm yeah. like, Mendoza. And then I checked the phone <laughs> and I just like actually flipped off my recliner because I sleep sideways. But at first, I'm like, okay, you know, every Mets fan wants a big name, but you know, quick, give me five big names that are out there. There's nothing out there. No, you know? there, there was and, it was council. It was council. Baseball is basically managed from upstairs right now. You, you know, you hate to say it, but it is. It's all analytics and stuff like that. Well, but the good thing I did find out is that he's a strict um, disciplinarian. He's a cracking heads type of guy. Yeah, he was kind of the to, he was the little bit of the, the the feisty guy to Boone's probably a little bit less so. Yeah. And, and what better franchise to take somebody from? You know, the, the, that's the thing the, the too. Fran- Met fans need to understand. Like, yes, okay, oh, it's the Yankee guy. What if it works out? Like, what if he becomes I, the great he has a better man- record than Boone? What if he's a great? Year? What if he's a great manager? And thanks for the call. I'm going to try and get through the calls here, Mike. So I appreciate it. What if he's a great manager and the, the Boone continues to flounder, and you could throw that in Yankee fans' face? I mean, there's there is a side to it. There's a a, a flip side to that coin. Uh, Brett in Long Island, what's up, Brett? How you doing? Good. How are you? When Jones went out and I saw DeVito come in, three things happened. One, I shut my phone off. Mm-hmm. Two, I told my wife, don't ask any questions. Take the kids and disappear for a few hours. <laughs> then three, I went into the bedroom. This is a true story. Then three, uh-huh. I went into the bedroom, got under the covers, got in the fetal position. I was trying to cry. I couldn't. I'm going to be honest. I tried to cry. I needed to cry to get it out. Yeah. I couldn't cry. I was miserable. I was physically ill. Yeah. I didn't eat the whole night. I don't care if it sounds pathetic. No, I I, listen, I, I, I... I wanted to cry. <laughs> Nothing came out. And, 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 and then... It's not funny. And then uh, I'm not talking to anybody now. I'm out of all, It's not funny. I'm out of all the groups. Ryan's in one of them. He doesn't even have my back. He says, you know, you can't take it. You're dishing it, which isn't really true. I never got on anybody's teams as bad as everybody's getting on the Giants. Yeah. So I'm out of the groups. Every single Giants group, this is where I probably regret it a little bit. Yeah. The Bleed Blue Giants Nation, immediately I deleted every single one of them. I don't know. It's... It, it, I'm going nuts. I, I got a you, giant Brett. sign in front of my house. I'm putting it in the shed. I'm uh, All right, let me try. I'm, I got, I gotta, I... I'm sorry, Brett. I got to go. I want to get to the other calls, but I hear you. I go into dark rooms and cry. Uh, well, not really cry, but I go into dark rooms and sit by myself. Eli in Washingtonville. What's up, Eli? Hey, how you doing, man? <clears throat> listen, you know, I've been calling you a long time and bashing Cashman, but listen, there's one thing in New York City that we, us sports fans need to realize. What's that? General... General management is a lost art in New York City. Well, we certainly it's don't have one. We, yeah, we certainly don't have one who does it any good. Pete in Pennsylvania, uh, Point Pleasant. What's up, Pete? 
Yeah, hi. The last thing about the Yankees, I know you're short on time. Yeah. The earlier caller said it was 1973. It wasn't. It was 1967. Uh, I can't. I know they exchanged. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that. I'm seeing 1973 in some of the stories about the, the wife swap, but I doubt very much they swap families. That just doesn't make sense to me. The, the kids and the dog stay with the mother, and then the husband switches houses. That doesn't mean they swap families. I'm sure he still treated his other children like children. Like, you know, he was like, sorry, Fritz Peterson is your dad now. Although Fritz Peterson and the other wife are still together. The other couple broke up and didn't last very long. But Fritz Peterson and uh, Mike Gitchick's wife are still together. Or at least they were at the timing of this article in 2015. All right, thank you guys for calling. Thank you guys for listening. Manny on the other side. Everybody have a great day. Yankees will talk today. I'll catch you tomorrow, midnight. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.